0: What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports 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 Check. It's sport check. It's
1: sport check. Welcome to episode 335 of the Sports Podcast. Oh, you mean the Daryl
2: Strawberry
1: episode. Now him I've heard of. Yeah, long-time Major League
2: player who hit 335 home runs in his career with the Mets, the Dodgers. He had a year with the Giants, but then wrapped up with the Yankees. Eight-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion. He won three titles while he was with the Yankees. Guy that went through a ton of substance abuse problems and then has been very outspoken in helping people seek help in his later years. The straw. And of course, Cub fans used to love to chant, Daryl, (laughs)
0: Daryl. That's the straw. It's Daryl Strawberry. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents oh Sports Yak. Oh one host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is good! It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived. Chuck Freebie.
1: Man, I wish the finals were not on at 9 p.m. No kidding. I
2: get it. You're trying to include the West Coast audience, too, and you see almost every sport do this. Major League Baseball usually starts World Series games like at 830. They're trying to give people a little time on the West Coast to get home. They want to maximize the number of eyeballs that can be at the set. Mm -hmm. But for those of us in the Eastern time zone, then, it makes it really difficult. Of course, the two combatants in the NBA Finals are in the Central and the Mountain time zone, so it's perfect for them. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't get to see any of the game last night, but Chris Paul had a terrific game for Phoenix. The veteran point guard, 32 points, 9 assists. DeAndre Ayton was a force inside. 22 points, 19 rebounds in Phoenix. Wins game one of the NBA Finals, 118-105. Suns are the favorites in this because of the home court advantage, and they took advantage of that last night, played well. Giannis Antetokounmpo did play. In fact, he started for Milwaukee. Oh, did he? Okay. After all those knee problems, he was able to start. He said when he had the knee injury, Corey, he feared that he would be out for an entire season. Wow. And fortunately for him, it wasn't that bad. Now, he was not nearly as effective as he would normally be, and I think it's going to be tough for Milwaukee to win this series without a healthy Antetokounmpo Uh, That said, I could not be happier for Marty Williams. You talk about a guy that's been through the ringer, lost his wife and a couple of kids in a tragic car accident, lost his job in New Orleans despite the fact that he had done some pretty good work down there, and he comes to Phoenix, uh, a franchise that had been literally in disarray over the years. Charles Barkley, who once played for the Phoenix Suns and is beloved in Phoenix. Uh, I can remember seeing him on Inside the NBA, and they're talking about Phoenix, and uh, they asked him about the nachos. and Oh, man, they're cold, and they got ratty cheese. And just, you know, dog in the Suns franchise. What about the parking? Oh, there's plenty of parking because nobody goes to the game. Uh, (laughs) Two years ago, this franchise was last in the Western Conference. And now they're on the precipice of an NBA title. And a lot of the credit has to go to Monty Williams. He has done a great job of coming in. Uh, Obviously, Chris Paul helps a lot. You get a veteran point guard who has been able to kind of lead some of the younger guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. But remember, for a good chunk of the playoffs, the Suns didn't have Chris Paul. He was out with COVID-19. And Monty has pulled all the levers and done all the jobs. And there's a wonderful story on Monty in the South Bend Tribune today. And Corey, I just wanted to read part of it because somebody asked him about his coaching philosophy. And he says, I hope that when our players are around our staff, and in particular me, they know I'm here to serve them in any way that I can. I want to help guys get better, I want to help them get paid, I want to help them win games but I want to do it in a way that allows for them to think, hey, that guy cares about me. He cares about my family. He cares about me as a person. He says it just comes from my faith as a Christian to not just do a job, collect a check, and go home. Just for me, my leadership revolves around serving people. It's the way I thought I would be effective for my personality. Hmm. That's a good word. It is. And he goes on to they go on to share some of his pet phrases that he has in practices. So if, you're, if he's uh, worried about a player being overconfident, hey, don't get happy on the farm. If people are chirping, well done is better than well said. If uh, he wants people to work hard and practice, reps remove doubt. Humility, get to, not got to, as in we get to practice today. And my favorite, on taking criticism, I'm calling you up, not calling you out. Hmm. In other words, I'm asking you to elevate your game. I'm not getting on you. I think you're capable of more, and I'm asking you to provide more.
1: That's a good word, Chuck Freeby. Chris wow.
2: Paul, the, who's been around, what, 16 years in the league, said I'd never heard that one before. I'm calling you up, not calling you out and the relationship between uh Monty Williams and Chris Paul much like what we saw in the Atlanta series against Milwaukee that relationship between Nate McMillan and Trey Young that developed i think that relationship between Monty Williams and Chris Paul has been key to the Suns success
1: yeah when you find out that your coach is for you <laughs> yes that's gonna that's gonna elevate things and what you were saying previously about no cars being in the parking lot, you know what it all comes down to? Find a way to win, right? Find a way to win, and people will show up, and people will support, and... And they have. And they have. I mean, Phoenix,
2: for years, was a great basketball community. John McLeod had some great teams there in the 70s. Cotton Fitzsimmons came in. Paul Westfall had the great teams with Charles Barkley on it, Thunder Dan Marley, the whole bit that was going on in the 90s. And then... Phoenix just kinda dropped off the face of the basketball scene and for the last ten years had not even been to the playoffs. And all of a sudden they could win the NBA finals. It's it's a marvelous story. And Monty, who does not like to take credit for any of this, is really at the center of
1: it. To keep an eye on that. When do they play next?
2: They will play Thursday night for game two of that series. Again, a nine o'clock start. We'll watch the highlights and listen to you on Friday morning. I was going to say, I'm sure they play either Saturday or Sunday. Maybe you can watch one of the weekend games.
1: Yeah, maybe. All right, let's get into some college uh, athletics. This was in the news today, huh? Hunter Dickinson,
2: who was one of the stars of Michigan's successful run in the NCAA tournament last year, Uh, has decided to pull his name out of the NBA draft and return to school, which is obviously good news for Jawan Howard and the Wolverines because he is a key part of what they do. And I think one of the things that Hunter Dickinson said as his reason for pulling out of the draft was the fact that he didn't necessarily need the money from the NBA if he could make money while in school, which... As we've talked about in recent episodes, this name-image likeness, this NIL legislation recently passed by the NCAA, allows players to do. So how Hunter Dickinson is going to make his money? I don't know. Maybe Michigan will find a situation like what exists at the University of Miami. The University of Miami has a big booster who owns a chain of mixed martial arts gyms. And I mean, these are high-end gyms. You've got some of your top MMA MMA stars. I don't know if you've heard of Amanda Nunes, but she is in a Dos Equis commercial. Okay. and Or it may not be that particular beer, but she is in a a beer commercial that talks about people persevering and, and the fight that they make. And Amanda Nunes trains at one of these gyms down in Florida uh, that this guy owns. So this fellow is offering to any scholarship Miami football player $500 a month. All they have to do is promote his gym on social media. Well, there are 90 guys on scholarship at the University of Miami right now. So if you do the math over the course of the year... That adds up to more than half a million dollars if every one of them takes him up on the offer. Which, why wouldn't you take him up on the offer? Because it just involves sending out a, a tweet or an Instagram or whatever. That's a lot of money. In fact, it's the biggest deal so far for any college endorsement. But it kind of makes you see what can happen with boosters, and things that can make schools more attractive. Okay, if I'm a recruit, I already know if I go to Miami, I'm making at least $500 a month, assuming this deal stays on the table for more than a year.
1: Mm-hmm. So, By the way, that gym got its name or story in the newspaper first. Because it's such a big deal, right? But I mean, there's there's some worthwhile right there. I mean, I bet you that's a, I bet you that's a headline in Miami. Oh, of course, it right is. It's a hurricane. headline on ESPN right now. You know, so I bet you this guy's name of his gym's getting out somehow.
2: So we'll have to see how all this evolves. Like I said on the last episode, you you made the analogy and still good analogy to an onion. This thing has many layers. Yes. And I made the analogy to the Wild Wild West, and I didn't necessarily mean the Will Smith song, that it's just we are going into uncharted territories right now that nobody really knows how it's going to go.
1: I was talking to a a friend of a friend who makes action figures out of a 3-D laser printer. Okay. And his idea was contacting the stars over in the backyard here Mm -hmm. and asking them, would you like your own 3D printed action figure so when you go do your personal appearances that might start popping up, you can sell that at your table or whatever. I'm telling you, and especially with the fan base here, people will want, it's like another bobblehead. Now, here's where you have to be careful
2: because players cannot appear in uniform.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, if he's doing a... If he's painting a blue and gold jersey on them, maybe he's got a... He can do likeness, but he can't do a uniform. Right. Okay. And they can't wear the uniform when they go somewhere. Correct. Okay.
2: So, there, there are all kinds of... Uh, the University of Indianapolis put out a little thing for their student-athletes. Yeses and nos Oh, on NIL. And I imagine it's no different...
1: There than it is anywhere else. What were some of the big standouts that you spotted?
2: Well, that was one of them. that That was probably the biggest one. Was you can't be in uniform. You can't have the school logo attached to
1: you. When the big cool bar calls and says, "If you show up on Friday night before the game, if you're allowed, we'll give you this much money." You can't walk in there, obviously, <laughs> with your jersey on,
2: or or with a logo, or any kind of anything. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot. So let's say it's a Notre Dame player. You can't be wearing a shirt with an ND logo on it. Mm. Uh, all kinds of all kinds of different little things because it gets into licensing. And I think we brought this up the last time, the whole question, okay, Notre Dame's an Under Armour school. What if Nike approaches somebody? Now, you see this in the NFL all the time. Every player has their different endorsement their deal. deal that is different than the NFL's, that might be different than the team's, but is that going to be the case in the college game? We're going to have to wait and see. Interesting. That is probably all more fascinating than talking about the Chicago Cubs <laughs> right now. What is happening? What it, is the deal? It is amazing. Uh, it's like watching a skydiver without a parachute. Ugh. And the, the Cubs are splatting on the ground on a nightly basis. 11 straight losses. Their longest losing streak since 2012. And Jake Arrieta, I mean, he looks like you can stick a fork in him. He is done. Last night, the inning two two-third, he gave up seven runs. And even the Cubs announcers, who clearly want Jake to do well, they have a relationship with Jake, are just pointing out his stuff is not moving anymore. His sinker doesn't sink. So when your sinker doesn't sink and it just sits there like a cement mixer, it gets hit, and it did. So Arietta to the first four batters, goes double, hit by pitch, single, grand slam. Ooh. First four batters of the game, it's 4 nothing, And the Cubs go on to a 15-10 loss. Now, clearly, this is not all on Jake Arietta. Cubs scored 10 runs last night, which I can't tell you the last time the Cubs scored 10 runs because most of the time they're scoring in binary code. Up until the last game of the series in Cincinnati, the Cubs went 20 straight games with eight hits or less. You're not going to win a lot of games that way, and the Cubs haven't. Remember, two weeks ago, they were in first place in the National League Central. You wake up this morning and they are in third place in the National League Central, and nowhere close to first. I'm not sure I'm checking now whether it's eight and a half or nine and a half off the pace behind the Milwaukee Brewers. I think the Cubs were spared last night a little bit because Milwaukee got rained out in New York. So they're nine games off the pace in the NL Central in just two weeks. Part of that's Milwaukee's red hot. Uh Milwaukee made a great trade with Tampa Bay and they got a shortstop named Willie Adamas who has been terrific. And he has really given the Brewers a boost. And Craig Council's team has really good pitching. The Cubs have had, for the most part, decent starting pitching during the stretch. Alec Mills threw six solid innings the other day. Kyle Hendricks threw six solid innings the other day. The bullpen hasn't been terrible, but the margin of error has been so razor thin because the bats have not been productive. And then last night they get just a
1: a terrible start from Arrieta. You know what Arietta reminds me of right now, Chuck? That scene with Billy Bean and David Justice at Moneyball? Mm -hmm. I'm not paying you for the player you were. I'm going to squeeze every last whatever out of you. I wonder if that's what the conversation was like, and you can end your career in Chicago because it's just not there anymore.
2: Well, here's the problem. If they cut him today after last night's performance, if they just said, you're done. We, we can't deal with this anymore. They owe him $2 million for the rest of this year and $2 million for next year.
1: Oh, uh, was it a two-year deal? Yeah.
2: Ew. Yeah. So, Oof. the big question now is July 30th is the trading deadline. We sit here talking to you on July 7th. In the next three weeks, how active are the Chicago Cubs in the trademark? Because, let's face it, the Ricketts family has made it very clear they're not into spending money anymore. They won their World Series. They made improvements around the ballpark. They don't want to pay money needlessly. I would think the most attractive piece of the Cubs right now is probably Craig Kimbrell, closer who is having a terrific year and is costing the Cubs about $15 million a year. So the Cubs are going to want to peddle him, but he is attractive to other teams. So what can they get for Craig Kimbrell? After that, you've got an all-star in Chris Bryant at third base. Both Kimbrell and Bryant made the all-star team, by the way. But Chris Bryant's productivity over the month of June and July has not been great. He had a good series in Cincinnati. He would probably be the next most attractive piece. Kyle? Uh, Hendricks The the thing with Kyle Hendricks is he doesn't throw with a lot of velocity. This is the problem with the Cubs pitching staff right now. They have the lowest average velocity of any starting staff in baseball. And Kyle Hendricks has the worst first inning ERA this year of any pitcher in the majors. Hmm. I'm not sure that there's going to be that many teams stepping up to the plate to try to get a Kyle Hendricks. And then what's the trade value of Javi Baez or Anthony Rizzo right now? I, not not very high in my book, but we'll right. see. Team that did look good last night was the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if you have seen the catch yet by Billy Hamilton. I did. I watched it this morning. The warning track in Minnesota. They played in a pouring rain last night in Minnesota. Why they played, I don't know. I guess because the forecast for today didn't look any better. But Billy Hamilton makes a diving catch that looks like he... Well, Jason Benetti's call said it's like he's on his very own slip and slide in the backyard. <laughs> he makes a diving catch on the warning track that may be the catch of the year in Major League Baseball so far. And the White Sox beat the Twins last night by a count of 4-1. to Carlos Redon, who looked like he was dead for rights as a pitcher about a year or so ago, has found his mojo, and he's pitching well, and the White Sox are comfortably ensconced in first place in the American League Central. But White Sox fans, while they try to say they're not like Cub fans, really are. And White Sox fans are really concerned about the number of injuries they've had, most recently to catcher Yasmani Grandal. Grandal had missed some time with a calf injury. He comes back on Monday night. He's playing against the Twins, and he re-injures the calf in his first game back. He tears a tendon and he's out at least four to six weeks. And so Zach Collins is going to have to carry the bulk of the burden behind the plate for the White Sox right now, and the White Sox have about 13 players on the injured list right now. Wow, 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 wow. So the fact that they're still leading the AL Central with all the injuries they've had uh, is is a testament to the depth that Rick Hahn has created in the White Sox minor league system. And they've done a great job of withstanding that. And I imagine Rick Hahn will be active in the trade market, trying to maybe bring in another piece or two to help, or hoping that some of these injured players can come back for the stretch drive in the playoffs. Tigers lost last night 10-5. They had won five of their last six previous to last night. Texas has a player that they just called up named John Hicks who has homered in four straight games as the first time anybody has done that in Texas or Washington Senators, which is what the Texas Rangers were before they became the Texas Rangers. First time any player has done that in their franchise history. But the Tigers have been playing better as of late and worked their way up to third place in the American League Central.
1: So... This news story was on this morning on the TV, and classic, Corey, I say, Chuck, what is happening here? And it's about the Olympic runner, Shikari Richardson. Mm-hmm. We heard about this earlier this week or even last week, and then we're hearing about it again today. What's, what's today's version of this story?
2: So at the end of June in the Olympic trials, Shikari Richardson runs to the 100 meters title. She is going to be the lead runner for the U.S. in the 100 meters. And then she goes to take her drug test and fails the drug test because she smoked marijuana on the day of the race. Do you take the test after the race or before? After. Oh, wow. You take the test after the race. Okay. Marijuana is viewed by the International Olympic Committee as a performance-enhancing drug. And they say it also violates the spirit of the sport. They don't see it as something that is a role model for the youth. This has been an Olympic rule for a long time, Mm -hmm. really. There are tons of Olympic athletes. There are tons of athletes who smoke marijuana. But you have to know that they're going to test you after the race. And you have to know that you probably shouldn't smoke it on the day of the race. And from what I have read, most of the testing says, You can likely smoke it even up until the day before the race and still pass the test, but if you smoke it on the day of the race, you're not going to pass the test. Now, Shikari Richardson has been going through a really tough time. She recently lost her mother. It's been very stressful for her. And so I'm sure that she probably smoked some marijuana to try to take the edge off and focus her. The International Olympic Committee does not care. The rules plainly say... If you fail the drug test, you're not eligible. Now, the U.S. Olympic Committee could have put Shikari Richardson on the team as a member of the 4x100 relay team. You're allowed, I believe, two or three exemptions on your roster. And the U.S. Olympic Committee said, look, we're not messing with this rule here. I mean, she's obviously going through a stressful time and everything, And, yeah, I'm sure she'd love to be on the Olympic team. but Choices have consequences. Choices have consequences, and they have made that choice. There are tons of athletes and non-athletes who have been very outspoken in their support of Shakari Richardson. Because she smokes marijuana does not mean she's a bad person. However, the U.S. Olympic Committee says, wait a minute, we're not saying she's a bad person either. But everybody has known the rules for a long, long time, and she chose not to follow the rules, and that's why we're not putting her on the team. So it's caused quite the hubbub. Um, The Olympics are causing quite the hubbub, not only here in the U.S., in Japan, where the COVID problem seems to be much worse than it is currently in the United States. Their COVID cases are on the rise, so the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, which are coming up in 16 days, July 23rd, will likely only have VIPs at it. Because, I, I, and I think you're going to see this throughout the Olympics, you're not going to see crowds like you currently see in the U.S. where we finally come back to Major League Stadiums being packed You watch the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Tampa Bay will have a big crowd on hand for its team. You're not going to see that in Japan. Uh, You're going to see very reduced crowds and social distancing. There are a lot of people in Japan who still think these Olympic games should not be held. Sure. But they will be. Okay. But look for all kinds of different crises and controversies. During these Olympics, unfortunately, you know, politics have been a long time part of the Olympics. You go all the way back to 1968 and the and John Carlos and Tommy Lee and the Black Power salutes back then. And ever since then, you have seen political activism taking place at the Olympic Games. And and I think you will see it again here at the games over in Tokyo. You want to knock on this Wimbledon and be done? Sure, Ashley Barty and Arena Sabalenka win their quarterfinal matches yesterday. They are the one and two seeds on the women's side, and they have advanced to the Wimbledon semifinals. As we speak, the men's quarterfinals are going on. To me, the big curiosity is Roger Federer. How long can he keep this thing going on? You know, we said last week, Corey, that in the first week of Wimbledon, Federer had not looked really sharp. Well, I watched his round of 16 match the other day. <laughs> he looked really good in that, and I think he intimidated his opponent, quite frankly. And so we'll see if Roger Federer, he was set up to face the second seed, Neely Medvedev, today, but Medvedev lost in the round of 16. So we might see Federer chug right on through to the semifinals, and what a story that has been for the ageless wonder who has 20... A major championships and Novak Djokovic or excuse me Djokovic uh, has nineteen and he is still alive as well. He is the number one seed.
1: On Twitter at sports Yak, Yak with two Ks, our one hit wonder battle royale this summer. Macarena fifty one percent over Rock Me Amadeus forty nine percent. Ninety five votes our highest voting in That's this poll We'd love more. <clears throat> Today, it's Right Said Fred versus The Knack. 76% My Sharona. I think that's going to be a runaway thing. Yes. Unless uh, something miraculous happens for, oh, I'm too sexy for my ringtone. I, I don't see that happening. So
2: <laughs> Is that not going to happen? I think My Sharona will move on. And I'm trying to remember what tomorrow is. I I can't. It's okay. But... You'll see it. Just follow us at Sportschack. I always retweeted at Forty Six Sports as well.
1: This is uh, in real time. We were about to do underrated, overrated. Someone has tweeted us. Oh, really? An underrated, overrated. There's two of them. Maybe I'll keep these for Friday. You sure? Yeah, because they're huge. They're okay. one's huge and one's underrated. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep those for. Uh, yeah, keep I'll them, keep them for Friday. Friday. Yeah. Good.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get started today, and uh, I'll I'll put out the first serve because I don't think mine's as good as yours, quite okay. frankly. Okay. So we'll get this one out of the way quickly. Michael Bolton.
1: He, in my opinion, is a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he comes on the radio, if it's a ballad, I don't know. I, I, I may turn quickly, but if it's one of the more up-tempo ones, I stick around. He had a song in the late 80s called Time, Love, and Tenderness. I still listen to it to this day. Can the guy sing? Uh, yeah, he can. Has he lost his fast pitch? I think so. I'm going to go slightly overrated. I'm going to go very overrated. I just
2: I never saw the appeal. It, it just, to me, screamed of, I'm trying way too hard. <laughs> I can totally see that. And, and I think he's saying that. I'm trying way too hard. <laughs> and God bless him. He he was he was really big in the late '80s and early '90s. Yes, he was really big, juggernaut.
1: But I think overrated. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, super talented, I listened to Celine Dion's greatest hits over the weekend. I was in a weird mood. That lady can sing. Have oh, we, I guess you- we. I guess you were. Have we ever uh, tossed her into this one? I don't think we have. Maybe next week. Yeah. Think about that. But I'm telling you, I'm gone
2: next week, but for the future, (laughs) yes. All
1: right, here we go. Uh, Happy birthday today, 81 years old. Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr, overrated or underrated? You know, obviously,
2: when you're with the Beatles, boom, right there. Mm hmm. It. If he had called it a career in 1971, you might say, well, you wonder whatever happened to that guy. But you know what? In the 1970s, Ringo Starr had some hits, and I know why you would be a big fan of Ringo Starr because uh, what, what was that she's 16, she's beautiful, and she's mine? Mm-hmm. Has a wonderful kazoo riff in there. <laughs> so I figured that you have bought into him hook, line, and sinker. But I also appreciate the fact that he has kind of reinvented himself as the years have gone along. Uh, Unheralded as the conductor on Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go Ringo Starr is a little bit underrated. Plus, in all seriousness, I think he was an outstanding drummer that probably didn't get enough props for his drumming ability.
1: That is probably one of the greatest rock and roll arguments that you'll get yourself into. Yeah. Because there's people in this building that would, if they heard you say that they'd come to fisticuffs. Really? And say he's, he was the weak link. He was one of those right place at the right time kind of guys. Well, who's that idiot? Because I'll, (laughs) you'll meet with him in person and in group meetings soon. Um, (laughs) I'm going to also say, you know, the Thomas the Tank Engine uh, nod. You've also got to remember, man, when we had HBO when I was younger, and they would play the crap out of certain movies over and over again. Do you remember Caveman? Do you remember that Vaguely. movie? I think that's where he met his wife. Barbara Bach. Yes. and By it's, the way, she was easy
2: on the eyes it's back It's a in the day.
1: super silly sophomoric they don't even talk in the movie. They just grunt of and course, say things. They're cavemen. What do you expect? I gotta tell you, I loved watching. <laughs> I love watching that movie. I can't watch it right now though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never gotten to see the Ringo Star and the All Stars, but he always brings out a stellar lineup of others who've had, you know, yeah, meteoric rise and then kind of disappeared into the uh, into the sunset. What did you say? Slightly underrated. Yeah. I'm gonna go with you on that one. I think you should. Slightly underrated. One wonders, though, why does Paul McCartney sell out arenas and stadiums, and then Ringo will play like the Morris, the right. 2,200 seater. What's the? Well, is it, is it the voice?
2: Yeah, I I don't think Ringo's voice is anything to write
1: home about. Like he can't he can't pull off the Paul songs. No. As a Ringo. He can't no. and there's not enough Ringo Beatles catalog. Right. Get high with a little help from my friends and Yellow Submarine. And I think that that's about it, it. Right? Yeah. Slightly Re- underrated.
2: Remember, Lennon and McCartney dominated
1: that Beatles. Mm hmm. I dare say two of the greatest songwriters oh, in musical history. Without question. And and I think you could throw Paul Simon in there. Okay. Well. There you have it. Oh, I've got one more. Oh, do you know Yes. Usually we would go with humans, but today I'm going to throw you a knuckleball. I give you macaroni, underrated or overrated.
2: Underrated, I think it's very, uh, no pun intended, it's a very flexible pasta. You can use it in a lot of different dishes. Macaroni and cheese, uh, I don't think there's any more basic comfort food than macaroni and cheese, easy to cook up my mother used to make a wonderful we used to call it hamburger helper maybe that's where it originated from but it was basically a little bit of ground beef sometimes tuna uh, macaroni peas and a cream of mushroom sauce oh i could have eaten that all day i would get heaping plates and they would, of
1: that your mom would call it hamburger helper or did she have I, a name for it I, stuff? I think
2: that's what we nicknamed
1: it was okay. hamburger
2: helper but it was it was terrific i'm Huge macaroni booster.
1: Where are you at on macaroni art? Do you remember that back in the day? Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of that. I got to tell you, when it comes to the the uh, the macaroni and cheese, though, I can't stand the powdered cheese. I like it right out of that silver pouch, like the shells sure. and cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, that's probably got me where I'm at today. Have you ever had smoked macaroni and cheese? I don't know what you're talking about, but I want to hear
2: more. Oh, so you take your macaroni and cheese. Go on. And you, you cook it up the normal way, and then you stick it in a smoker for about an hour and a half. What? And let that wonderful.
1: On low? Or? Yeah,
2: about 200, 225. Okay. And just let the smoke permeate that mac and cheese. Well, that's a delightful experience for the senses, my friend.
1: So underrated?
2: I would say so. Okay, uh, Macaroni typically, I think, takes a backseat to spaghetti. You know, most people, if you think of pasta, you think of spaghetti or maybe even a fettuccine. But macaroni has no reason to take a back seat to these. Yankee Doodle didn't stick a feather in his cap and call it spaghetti. He didn't call it fettuccine. He called it macaroni. Yankee Doodle, you don't get more American than that. And I will not have somebody come in here and give macaroni a bad name.
1: I'll end with an apology. My wife, says, my wife says to me last night, so how about Chuck's Grill? And I said, what about it? She said, you didn't read or something social media? I said, you know what? I've been kind of taking a little bit of a diet. I have not heard this story. So, so I apologize for not being there for you. Well,
2: it, it's quite all right. My daughter and actually all of my kids decided to get me a grill uh, from a certain manufacturer which is a kind of a it's an electric grill smoker type of thing okay uh to replace our our gas grill which had fallen apart so all the kids chip in on this they get it for me the week before father's day because we had all the kids coming home let's let dad cook on this for us while we're home and grill did not work did the kids have to put it together no i helped I The kids helped me put it together. Okay. So the grill is not working. And Mary Mary is a friend who is involved in um, cooking competitions down in the Fort Wayne area. Oh, who boy. Who swears by this grill. So she had done the research and everything. So she felt very committed to this grill. And we had tried a ton of different things. Nothing seems to work. YouTube? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we wrote to the company... And the company eventually, very slow customer service, called back to Mary, and they kind of walked through some processes. We think you need a new controller. And Mary said, I think it's the heating rod. No, 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 no. We think you need a new controller. So they send a new controller. Mary installs the new controller. The grill still does not work. Mary thinks to herself, I am sure... That it is the heating rod. So she opens it back up, basically takes the grill apart, sees that the heating rod that they sent was broken. So rather than wait for them, she goes out and purchases a new heating rod from a different kind of grill, but still same style, puts it in, and in the words of Jack Nolan, Viola, it works. <laughs>
1: So have tra- you Have you or her sent word to said manufacturer like, hey, it was a broken heating rod? Oh, they were included on the post where I related the story that Debbie saw. Oh, okay. Yes.
2: So far, no word from the manufacturer. But what they are going to be sent is a bill. A bill for the replacement of the heating rod
1: and labor. You ought to send it to... <laughs> And labor you ought to send it to the place that they responded from like apparently that does work just not too quickly right you ought to send it there
2: yeah no they're gonna get a snail mail letter
1: yeah yeah (laughs) well that feels good that feels right
2: i think so you're on uh, twitter right i am at 46 sports
1: all right until next time yak fans
2: ooga Daryl, strawberry, straw
1: that stirs the drink. Strawberry Fields Forever. Mm-hmm. We've had some fun, yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack,
0: Sport Jack. Sport Jack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done